Welcome to the Visma Ski Classics podcast, Usha Tulebi. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 12, there are 15 races in 12 event locations, bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the Pro Tour and the Challenger Series, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello, folks out there listening to Usha Tulebi podcast. I am your host, as always, Teemu Virtanen, and today I have three guests, really a special ones, because we are going to do something a bit out of ordinary, because we are going to announce new podcast series. We will talk about that very soon, but my guests are today Terhi Pollari from Finland, Elin Mulin from Sweden, and Öyvin Muenfjeld from Norway. Let's start with you, Evind. How's life in Norway? Oh, it's good. It's good. We have uh, had a really nice weather summer with uh, good weather and uh, uh, not too much rain. So um, uh, it has been really good. Um, I have started working in a new job with uh, W Sport Media and uh, that has been really interesting and intense. And I have a one-year-old boy who are starting in kindergarten. Uh, so that is been has been uh, uh, a lot of working and a lot of um, uh, job. So it's uh, it's been a hectic uh, summer. You mentioned W Sports Media. That is, of course, the production company for Usha Tulevi and the upcoming podcast that we are going to talk about. Uh, but Irvin, uh, it's been a little while since you sort of finished uh, skiing or finished your professional ski career. I know you've still been training, correct? Mm, yes, I have. I've trained a little bit, but uh, uh, not not nearly the the amounts I did uh, did earlier. I uh, I try to be out maybe four to five times a week. So uh, the and the hours they are maybe uh, one third of what what they were. Uh, earlier so um uh but but i i try to keep in shape and i try to it has been a lot of running it's it's the easiest and quickest way to to get uh get the training but um some bicycle and some roller ski sessions but uh but it's been uh, <laughs> uh it has not the, the decline has begun <laughs> but do you do you miss the action do you miss the kind of the hoopla that uh, you know that the actual or the racing really brings along mm, yeah i like the roller ski races i i i personally don't miss that much because it's it's uh it's tight and it's fast and it's it's hard to to fail to to to, fail, to fall on on asphalt so it's um it's not uh, that is some not something i i miss a lot but uh I think that when we come to the winter and you get this, uh, and especially to the Mavasalop in March or April, uh, I will miss the racing, I think. But uh, And in training, I, I uh, actually, roller skis, I was a bit finished with. It's it's part of the reason why I retired is that I don't have the whole, the motivation was not 100%. So, so that is uh, I don't miss the roller ski sessions, but um, I miss the simple life. That is that is uh, maybe the most the the things that the things that has, has changed the most. Like for as a skier, you 
you go uh, go out, you train, you go in, you re- eat, you rest, you uh, are ready for the next uh, session. You are, uh, but but now I have a lot of other things going on, and I I'm going here, here, and there, every all the time. So so that is uh, that has been a big difference, and maybe the biggest difference. The simplicity of life, but uh, let's. Uh... Elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, you are now working for uh, W Sports Media, as you said, but you are overseeing langreng.com, the Norwegian website that covers pretty much all across country skiing. Yes, that is correct. Um, and that is, How is that, that is really yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun to to still have a connection with the with the cross country community and to to try to use some of the experience I have and and the contacts I have from from twenty years in the in the sport, so uh, uh, it's it's fun. It's uh, it has been a fun beginning, but uh, it also it is also a lot of work and it's a lot of things to get into, and a lot of new systems to learn and uh, a lot of thoughts of how to progress. So so uh, it's hectic, uh, like I said, but it's also fun. So then, Elin, Elin Moulin, uh, good to have you on our show as well. And the same question to you, Sweden, what's going on over there in your home country as we speak? Uh, hello. Uh, yeah, it uh, has been a great summer here too. Uh, and the, this season was my last as a professional skier so after the season I have been study and then uh, a summer with uh, some trips and so on and now I have been start working uh, also at W Sports Media I've been working for about three weeks so it's new (laughs) So, Elin, you also finished your career much like Oven did, but now we have a little bit of a distance there, time, the summer's behind us. So, how does it feel? Do you miss the the racing and the the hectic life of, of a pro team athlete? Uh, it's the both. Uh, the days doesn't look uh, the same anymore, but uh, I feel ready with the life of being a professional skiers skier um so i moved on to the to another part of the life and it feels uh, good and what might be the greatest uh thing or memory that you ha- you cherish from your skiing career something that you really hold dear to you oh it's a lot of things uh, just uh, going out on training camps and competitions and be with uh, your ski friends and uh, you all are going to the same goals and uh, yeah that's the part i will have with me just all the friendship you had around you in the in the skiing um and also the good competitions of course <laughs> And then what's the other side of the coin? What are the things that you don't miss at all, that you're happy that you don't have to do anymore? <laughs> all the training uh, you have to do to keep uh, up there in the top. 
you say you are a skier. When you are a profe- professional skier, you say you are it uh, 24 hours per day. That's the part. Uh, it's the hardest part, I think. But I assume you're still training, much like Övind, at least a little bit, to keep yourself fit. Yes, I train to keep fit, but uh, not the same volume. It's uh, more shorter and uh, more intensive sessions. And uh, mostly I do running. Okay, good. And then Terhi, move on to you uh, from Finland. You are still racing. You have a retired, but I know that you're quite busy as well because you have a daytime job. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I do not have that much like new things in my everyday life. So it's about working and uh, training and yes, competing still. It's not simple life, but it's like my lifestyle combining this all with skiing and uh, I enjoy it. Tell us about your job. What do you do and what's the company? Um, I'm working at the moment in a company called Hult. Uh, it's an engineering company and I'm uh, working in our software department as a project manager and, uh, and a team leader. Uh, currently, it's, of course, a lot of remote working because of the COVID situation. And uh, yeah, there is pros and cons in this remote working, I think. But yeah, I'm a, a, like, it's a quite technical job. So I have a technical background and in, uh, my background is also in software business. So currently doing that and the company is actually like international one. So, so I think it's really nice that you get, get to know uh, people from outside Finland as well. And uh, yeah, combining everything. Is your employer pretty flexible? When it comes to skiing and particularly in the wintertime when you have to be traveling around? I think it's, it's, uh, it's organizable and uh, it has been really like, flexible when you kind of plan things like beforehand. It's, you, know, you must plan a lot, but you can, man- you can manage it quite easily. So I haven't found it um, hard like during my my time in in working life, it hasn't been that hard to to plan things and uh, in it in advance. And um, yeah, I think also that, for example, in our company, there are people that are also really enthusiastic about endurance sports, and maybe that helps. On the last week's Usha Tulevi, we had a special guest. We always have special guests, uh, Marta uh, Kevin Polluste who is actually your team director. You have a new team, the Estonian team. Tell us about yeah. that a little bit and how, how, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, that's right. Um, I will be skiing for the team Nordic Jobs Worldwide for the next winter. And I really am looking forward to the season because now like, the team is like, um, like geographically more close to where I leave so Finland and Estonia are not so far away and I think that will help a lot both to like organize things and like logistics but also to bring the team a bit closer to each other like even though you wouldn't be able to see so much I think it helps that you are 
kind of a close to your like each other. And based on what I talked to uh, Marit Kevin, you guys are a good bunch, good team. Yeah, I find it a really good, good like in energetic team and like new like really like young guys in in the team uh, with a good spirit and I really love the attitude that that um, kind of the spirit of the team is like hey we can show everyone that you can also do this and enjoy and and be good at uh, skiing in long, long distance even you even if you don't do it like uh, as hundred percent pro skier so our kind of uh, the mission is to show everyone that hey we can do it this all also if you're working or or studying at the same time and still be good and still be able to enjoy it. So I think that is something that I can really like. Indeed, good. Now we have heard intros and uh, uh, descriptions from all of you guys and and your statuses, what you're doing at the moment. Uh, But now we go to the topic at hand. And as I said a bit earlier in my intro, we are here to talk about a new podcast series. Series that will be both in Scandinavia, meaning Sweden, Norway, and also in Finland. Hence, you guys there. So, Öyvin and Elin, you guys will be uh, hosting a new uh, podcast series. And then Terhi and I will be doing the same thing in Finland. So that's the one thing we're going to talk about next. And then after that, on this particular episode, we will talk about uh, cross-country skiing, particularly long-distance skiing and training in different countries uh, in all of these Scandinavian countries and kind of the differences between that. That'll be next So Eivind, Eivind Muenfield, now we know that you uh, have retired, but you still have a lot of skiing within you, a lot of good memories, of course, a lot of experience and knowledge, much like Elin, of course. And you guys are now teaming up for this new podcast series produced by W Sports Media, much like the Usha Tulevi, and that'll be on in Sweden and Norway, which means that you will, of course, speak Norwegian and Elin will speak Swedish, so you guys can communicate. And the name of the podcast series will be Hyd Nut med Elin and Öyvind, of course. So, but Öyvind, tell me a little bit more about it. I mean, what's the kind of the idea behind it? What are you guys going to talk about, you and Elin? The idea is to to try to uh, connect with the cross country community and uh, maybe especially the recreational skiers and the ones who are uh, uh, wanting to know more about uh, the sport and training and and um, uh, yeah, it's the sport in general. Uh, so so that is the idea and and we know that uh, Norway and Sweden. For firstly, they are the two biggest markets, the the, the markets where, where cross country skiing is is the most popular, and uh, there are no podcasts going between the countries and to, to connect the countries and to look at differences and and similarities and and uh, that is uh, going to be cool to try to to explain and to to connect the communities in in each country and maybe uh, bring us. Uh, both closer together and maybe uh, f- put some f- gasoline on the fires on some fires and uh, yeah and for um, of course no give you a run for your money uh, t- 
temu in the Oshatur Levy podcast. You are not going to have any more listeners now. Everyone is going to she's not. <laughs> well, that's a very good that you're confident, you know. <laughs> so, 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 Erlen, how do you think it's going to work when uh, you guys work together at two different languages? Of course, you understand each other, but still, it's it's going to be very interesting. Swedish and Norwegian together. Maybe the biggest pl- problem is for me to understand uh, the Norwegian. <laughs> or what do you say, uh, say, Erlen? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was. I talked to Ellen about it, and I think it's it's quite funny that she's going to be part of a Norwegian, partly Norwegian podcast. Because uh, when I got into Lager One Five Seven, I think that uh, she was maybe the one with the least uh, knowledge of the Norwegian language, or whatever. she was the one who has had the most difficulty of of understanding me. So uh, that is going to be quite interesting to see how it goes. <laughs> how do you tackle that? I mean, because it is a problem when you, when you have a podcast and you talk to each other. It's not like I'm kind of interviewing you guys. We have a little bit of a different approach. But you guys are talking about the topics at hand and maybe sometimes even arguing. So, Ellen, how do you feel about it? you, you got to be a bit nervous, I guess. <laughs> yes, a little. But... Uh... I've been in the Lager 157 ski team with Ivan for two years. So I'm better now. <laughs> so I hope that's enough. <laughs> yeah, you, you are much better now, Ellen. I understand there... the most, he say. But is there uh, anything, Ervin, that you can do to ease it up a bit for her? Because it's kind of up to you. I mean, you understand Ellen pretty well, but it, the yeah. problem is that she may not be able to understand every single thing you say. Yeah, I I think that in general, I, I don't know if that is, maybe we can find it out during the podcast, but my my general opinion and, and feeling is that Norwegians are better at understanding Swedish than, than the other way around. Uh, so uh, so I think, and I think that having Elin, which would, I hope that she can uh, she can interrupt me any sometimes and to to tell me how, what was that, uh, what did that mean, and like uh, because if she is wondering of it, I think it's a lot of other Swedes out there uh, who are uh, wondering about <laughs> what the hell I was saying. So. I think um, I think it can be good uh, good to connect the two countries and also me when there are some words in Swedish that we Norwegian don't uh, understand and haven't been hearing that much so uh, I think uh, I think um, it can be a good match and and not uh, not the trouble but maybe a strength. Indeed, that is a good point uh, that. There are also the audience members out there who may need a little bit of a guidance there. So, uh, but Terhi, our case is a little bit different. We understand each other perfectly well when we do it in Finnish. But what are the things that you want to talk about or bring up in in our podcast, which is called Temu Terhi Hitoviko? Hitoviko means a ski week, as we are talking about the week uh, before the podcast and also the week that will come after us. Well, the main main focus will be, of course, kind of in the same things that in in the podcast of Elin and Oivind, having a discussion uh, around training and skiing, and especially in in long distance skiing, uh, to share some experiences and knowledge around the topic, uh, give some insights, and I hope motivation for for everyone. 
um, who is interested in skiing or started, starting uh, to ski and uh, particularly like in Finnish. <laughs> so they're kind of maybe the most um, or the biggest um, differences between this, this podcast is that the language will be different. That is a really a good point because uh, when people listen to Shetulevi, for example, knowing Finland and my, my home country, not that many people speak English, but like for you guys, Elin and Erin, it might be easier for, for Scandinavians to understand English compared to Finnish people. So to have a podcast that is directly ge- geared towards the, the Finnish audience, I think it's a, it's a very important. And guess what, guys? We have something that you don't have, Erin and Elin. We have Juha Mieto. You guys know who Juha Mieto is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. The legend. Mm. Correct. Yes, so we yes. will actually have Juha Mieto uh, on our p- podcast, which is kind of cool. You know, he is the kind of the representative of the good old days, the golden era of skiing, at least in Finland. He's still pretty much the biggest, biggest name. And he will bring his insight uh, from the past For example, I'll give an uh, example. We talk about uh, roller skiing uh, on our show. Then we can go back to Juhamieto, and Juhamieto will tell us about the times of the 70s and 80s when they did roller skiing, what kind of equipment they used, uh, how did they do the trainings, and so forth, and just bring us some great uh, you know, stories. I mean, that guy really has some stories, so that's a cool thing. Anything like that uh, for you guys? Have you thought about it? Maybe have some special guests, Elin and Irvind? Yes, hope, hopefully we'll have some uh, some interesting. Uh, we will have some interesting guests. So uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, uh, in in comparison to Juhamieto in Finland, we maybe have uh, in Norway Odvar Bro. So that would have been uh, nice to have him on. Maybe we'll get that. And in Sweden, maybe Elin Thomas Vasberg would be good. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so we'll nice see. to have have all of those three together. Actually, Odvar Bro, yeah. Thomas Vasberg, and and Juhamieto, they race <laughs> together. And they friends? Yeah, they have. They have. That will uh, be a super super episode. That will be, except Yuhamir doesn't really speak that much. Uh, anything else is <laughs> finished, so that will can, that might be a bit be, of a hindrance. You can be uh, the the translator, Tamil. Yeah, we will we'll talk about that uh, a little little bit. Um, let's move on a little bit uh, with the uh, you know the podcasts. What else do you think that you'd like to uh, bring forth? in this podcast what things do you think that your audience is the most interested in in learning besides of course training but let's start with you ellen first yeah as we will have uh, topics uh, in each episode uh, topic that include everything in cross-country skiing like training and health and it can be uh, like interval training nutrition equipment endurance how to uh, how do i plan my training or so on it will be uh, a lot of uh, different uh, topics in each episode and as you just mentioned cross-country skiing usha Tulevi is very much focused on long distance skiing but these uh, new podcast series we cover Uh, cross-country skiing, the white scenario, the white scene of cross-country skiing, Nordic skiing, not just the long-distance skiing per se, which is good to point out. Even anything to add, you know, what Ellen has said you know, about the topics? Yeah, no, no, that is uh, that is uh, the basis. And we will also have a part with where we go through 
uh, news and uh, more uh, actual stuff for things happening the past week and and also with the with the f- uh, things that are going to happen uh, in the next week and and uh, look at uh, if there have been some uh, surprises or some uh, some uh, 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 races that has been uh, given some uh, surprising results or or ordinary results. Uh, so so we are uh, we are going to talk about that also. Yeah, and, and in addition to the topic, uh, we will have interesting guests who will inspire and give tips. Indeed, and uh, I was just going to say that it's uh, for the audience out there uh, that these two, all of the, uh, these two uh, podcast series, will we will have weekly meetings. Of course, all of us we will talk about the topics and uh, topics and, and themes, but we are separate uh, podcast podcasts, and uh, we will have our own topics here and there, and a little bit of a different uh, structure, of course for it and uh, what we are going to do in Finland is that we will have you just uh, been mentioned uh, the kind of the the news and the last week's uh, highlights so we will uh, 12 on those of course the first part of the the podcast will be about the last uh, the past week then we move on to the topic at hand then we have the Mieto Mieto corner as we kind of the time machine Mieto, Mieto will uh, take us back back uh, back in time and then we'll talk about the uh, the upcoming week but our idea is to have guests on every other show where we kind of talk about a theme let's say nutrition for example and then uh, Terhi and I will talk about it and then the next week, following week, we'll have some uh, some guests that will then uh, dig a bit deeper into the the theme. Uh, so, but but Terry, anything you want to add in in terms of what I just said about our podcast, Hitoviko? Yeah, well, at least I I will I'm really like um, enthusiastic about having our guests there. Um, I'm interested in in like the people around the sports and uh, the stories and also what kind of approaches people have to the sports so even though the basics are pretty much the same but but the approach how do you think the training is and what is important and where you focus on and what's important for you so i think that will be really really interesting to to hear and and also to discuss with you there that's a good segue um, for my uh, to my next question. Uh, let's start with Irvin and Merlin first. Uh, since you guys are or used to be uh, professional skiers, elite, top, top of the top, how do you think that you can actually uh, talk to the uh, the regular folks out there listening? Because there are a lot of those guys, most likely, interested in learning and knowing from the beginners all the way to this sort of a semi semi like a Vasalopet five-hour, six-hour skiers. So how do you make sure that your message is conveyed uh, perfectly for those? I hope we can share some experience from our own skiing as a professional skiing uh, experience that uh, people can take and do also. And and I will I will I'll try. Um, I think it's going to be a big challenge to to make it not too uh, too complicated and to, but I I think it's to go go skiing and to to be a part of a team and to travel around and to 
to to be a part of the Visma Ski Classic Tour, it's it creates a lot of stories. You get a lot of uh, moments together with friends. You you in the races. Uh, it happens a lot. It, it you have a lot of experiences that I think that can be that can be interesting for uh, and funny for for other um, for recreational skiers to to hear about. Uh, so um, and also we have a lot of uh, tips. We have I've I don't know Elin, but we have uh, done. I I counted when I retired. I'd done 450 ski races uh, during the past 20 years. So, so it's um, uh, we have a lot of experience with everything from sprint to Nordenschalsloppe. So um, I think uh, and Elin has been on the podium on the World Cup and and um, I've been uh, on the podium in Wismar Ski Classics and we have so so we have a lot of uh, lot of um, uh, experience and a lot of uh, good stories and good memories and at least trick tips and tricks for uh, for uh, do, uh, making long distance skiing both funny and maybe you can learn you can go a bit faster also after listening listening to us and then Terhi what about you I mean a uh... Of course, you're still skiing and, and you're part of that Estonian team. Uh, but of course, your perspective is a little bit different. You've always been a full-time, full-time uh, in addition to your uh, skiing career. Yeah, I think it's quite a lot of, for example, time management things that I can give tips uh, for um, and how to balance and where to focus and, and kind of a those are the things that, that I have had uh, challenges with and something, some problems that I need, need to solve and because um, you don't have all the time of the day just for the sports and you really not, will have to like prioritize your, your actions. But I have been also like talking quite a lot with people that have started um, like the long distance skiing, for example, at uh, like older age and uh, kind of uh, the things that I I can keep ask, asking, like um, I have a feeling that I, I have some some hints what what would be like interesting for for them. And uh, at the same time, for example, um, I have been like uh, acting as a coach for juniors in the past and and some education from the Finnish Ski Association for the like junior level uh, coaching so I think that can also bring bring some something um, to the table of what is like important and where to focus when you're young that is a good point. The, the junior skiing and Irvin uh, and Elin just talked about their themes on their podcast sh- show. And I know that, hey, that you you send me a, l- a long list of the t- topics and themes that we can cover. Uh, would you be kind enough to to share some of them, you know, with the audience, the things that you'd like us to talk about? Well, yeah, I I just just started to think about the themes that I would be um, or what would be fun to listen to and. For example, what went wrong uh, in the competitions and what we learned about it. And also what are the best places to train skiing. Uh, how do you, for example, schedule your, your um, like 
eating during work days so that you can train effectively during the evenings and uh, stuff like that. I think there are a lot of things behind the, just the competitions and, and the pro team skiing that it's something that is the most visible thing in the skiing. Like when you watch TV and kind of what's happening during the races. But but if you are like living the kind of a, a part-time skier life for the rest of the year as well, there are many things that you you need to learn. Indeed. I mean, your life's a bit more complicated than the Irvings and Aliens used to be because you didn't really have that simplicity of just being pro uh, team athlete and focus on that. You had to juggle with work life, family life, all that kind of stuff, and then do skiing and training, which is, of course, something that our listeners uh, tend to do quite a lot uh, and uh, so good good topics and good uh, themes and there's so much more than just training and racing uh, per se. Irvin and, and Elin, what do you think that could be the most challenging things for you two being former athletes yourselves for this particular podcast? What are I the challenges that- you might be facing? Yeah, I would say that to 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 get um, uh, to to get into the to talk to the recreational skiers, to talk to the masses, to talk in a way that they understand. Maybe we are getting out on some uh, some uh, explanation about uh, uh, things we are familiar with, but we don't realize that that the the ordinary people out there are not so familiar familiar with it so that that could be a, a challenge to 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 remember who we are talking to and and of course of, of course that we understand each other especially yeah, we talked about understand that. me <laughs> yeah that is a big big problem so <laughs> but what are you two then the most excited about what do you think is going to be the most thrilling aspect of doing this together you two um I think we will have a good uh, discussions of interesting uh, topics. And uh, I have the Swedish side and uh, I even have the Norwegian side. Maybe there is some difference and so on. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoy that every, every one hour, two hour, of whatever the podcast takes recording, I will talk skiing. That is, that is what I enjoy the most. So that is going to be really fun. And also to terrorize our guests with some difficult questions. That's good. Questions. That's, of course, something that our audience can can do. They can send in questions for, you know, for, for Usha Levy as well, but also for the, these two uh, other pod, podcast series. So, Terry, the same question to you. What are you most excited about? And then what do you may find the most challenging since all of you are actually doing this for the first time? So I've been doing this podcast series for a long time now, so I kind of know what the podcast really means. But for you, Terhi, it's a, it's a new thing. It's a new territory. Yeah, it's a new territory. I have been like talking a lot during my life, but not, not in a podcast. So I, I think this will be a, something really new and exciting and a challenge itself, how it uh, works out and if people like to listen to me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm really like excited about... I. I will learn something. I, I definitely will learn my, that something. This will give something to me as well. 
I think this would be the kind of a podcast that I could be listen to, listening to like in my free time. So now I have the opportunity to actually be part of it and uh, to tune the content also. That's really like ex- exciting, exciting thing. And um, yeah, I, I'm really like enthusiastic about the idea that I could be actually able to motivate people at the same time. So that will be the best part of this. And these episodes will come out uh, next week. Right now we are at the Klar Elfslopet weekend, which is also pretty much the end of the summer season, the end of the roller ski season. And then we'll have the actual season starting in November. So Irvin and Elin, first with you guys, the first episode coming out on Wednesday. What are you guys going to talk about? That is kind of the, the kickoff. Yeah, we are uh, we are going to summarize Claudia's Lope uh, and to hear what uh, what has uh, and to to uh, draw some conclusions on uh, maybe the whole roller ski season as a whole. Uh, so uh, that is one thing we are going to cover. Good. I mean, those are good topics. I think that will be pretty much what uh, Terhi and I will talk about. Sum up the uh, the roller ski season uh, and uh, talk about Klarves Loppet or Lake Simon, all of these other uh, great races. And then I think, uh, or what do you think, Terhi? What if we didn't talk about roller ski skiing as a training method? Because it has definitely taken, as you guys know, taken a, 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 a bigger role. Since the time of, for example, the Mietos time, it'll be interesting to hear what Mietos says about roller skiing back in the 70s and 80s, because now, particularly for long distance skiers, it is the main training method. What do you say? I think it it will be really uh, interesting to have a um, discussion about uh, the importance of roller skiing training, like how much should you do it and where and how and... uh, yeah, that will be covered during the first episode. And what kind of wheels and so forth. This is mm-hmm. actually a good segue for all of us to move on to the last part of this this uh, uh, podcast, which is the training, training in different countries, the long-distance skiing in Finland, Sweden, Norway, and the differences, since we have three representatives here on the line talking about uh, cross-country skiing, long-distance di- long skiing. So that'll be next on our show. Let's start with you, Elin. Sweden, the way I look at it, and of course, based on all these podcasts I've done and commentary and the work that I've done for Visma Ski Classics, it seems to me that, of course, Norway is the kind of the number one country in Nordic skiing in, in, in all areas. But Sweden, it's very strong. You now have really strong teams, stronger than ever before, and two champions from Sweden, Lina Koskren and, of course, Emil Persson. So now it's really the time for Sweden, isn't it? Yes, I agree. We have uh, a lot of good skiers now. And you also coming, uh, or used to represent the uh, Lager 157 ski team, and you guys had Britta Johansson Nogren, five-time champion. Uh, but tell us a little bit about, and also you, Abina, you can then, uh, since you represent the same team, before that you represented uh, 
team, well now team Rack the Charts, but then team Rack the Allendom and even before that team Santander. Uh, so, but first with you, Elin, uh, the kind of the long distance skiing culture in your country, and this is something that you guys are going to talk about on your podcast show as well. How much is it kind of changing? And, and the, the training for the long distance skiing include much double pooling. Uh, for me, mostly of the sessions were double pooling, uh, actually. So, but sometimes I did skating and running to variate and let the upper body rest. But mostly was uh, double pooling. That's the biggest difference from traditional skiing, I think. Um, and uh, the long training sessions was about. Uh, four to five hours and uh, that was a regular element every week around three times per week and most of the hard sessions were in double pooling too. Uh, I will say two sessions was double pooling of the hard of the hard sessions and the the last uh, and third hard session was uh, maybe for rounding, but mostly there was a lot of double pooling. So you really uh, got to know roller skis pretty well. Did you use different type of wheels? Uh, yes, uh, I did. Uh, in uh, Lager 157, uh, we always train with the guys, the, uh, so uh, then we had, if the guys uh, had uh, wheels uh, of four, we girls had the three and so on. And if they had three, we had two, but mostly I had uh, the two or three. And then uh, the question about the culture that I just uh, was referring to. Since you guys are now doing so well, meaning the Swedish teams and Swedish athletes, how much has the long-distance skiing grown in your country? You've always had Vasalopet, you know, that's like a legendary, that's, of course, everybody knows about long-distance skiing, but as a as a sport itself. It's growing. As uh, the last, uh, say, three years, it has uh, grown a lot. The interesting is uh, pretty high in the long distance, not just the Vasaloppet, even the others uh, events in Wisma Ski Classics. And then Eivind, what about Norway? What's going on there in terms of traditional skiing, long distance skiing? And mm -hmm. uh, you have a perspective, you know, from a Norwegian team and a Swedish team. Yeah, yeah, on a on a professional level, I I think that the the changes the the, um, the differences are are quite small. Uh, at least now, I I think uh, you can see when five, six, seven years ago, it was maybe a bigger difference. Um, I don't know why, but uh, uh, because you had the first double polars who, are, who were really strong in, in that uh, discipline, uh, they 
It was Oscar Svärd, Jerry Alin, uh, Jürgen Brink, but a little bit later. But those together with Jürgen uh, Aukland was was uh, and Stanislav Reshak maybe was uh, putting setting the bar. So so um, but somewhere around uh, 2005 to 10, something happened and and the Norwegians took took over. Uh, I, I I have not any good um, uh, explanations for that, but I think a lot of the like you said, Tema, that Norway is is the biggest country in in cross country skiing, and it has been a tra- trend and a tradition that the, many of the skiers uh, retiring from World Cup skiing or. Are, Getting too uh, too slow for the short distances are are uh, are getting even stronger on the longer distances and are changing to Visma Ski Classics, and uh, because of the number of skiers in Norway, uh, which are so big, there are not room for all of them in the in the World Cup teams. So many of them are are switching and changing to to Visma Ski Classics and. Therefore, there has been so many skiers. We had Tordarsli Erdalen, we had Petter Eliasen, Anders Aukland. Um, I'm, of course, forgetting some somebody now. But, but many of those... Nygaard, of yeah, course. Nygaard, yeah, but he didn't come from traditional skiing. He, he was, more, he was may, more maybe going from a younger age into long-distance skiing. But, but at least those three was was big stars in, in traditional skiing, going the world championships and things like that. And they come into uh, Jung Christian Dahl, Johan Kjørstad. Uh, they ca- came into the long distance uh, arena and and uh, and um, uh, was uh, was really good. So and in Sweden, we, you maybe don't didn't have those those guy. Johan Olsson did a semi uh, project going for Vasaloppe, but that didn't uh, work out. Uh, but uh, Anders Södergren, he could have done it, but uh, was not. I don't know why why he didn't get, uh, made the skis go even faster. But but um, that is maybe some part of why I think Norway has been the the and a difference in the in the countries and why Norway has been a little bit better. But now the last years we have seen really as a big boost of Swedish talent, young Swedish guys. And training uh, um, hard for long distance skiing from a young age, and they are coming into the scene uh, super fast now. So you see uh, Max Snowark, Johannes Eklöv, Gabriel Höjlund, Axel Lüterström. It's it's a lot of I'm forgetting people now. Marcus Johansson, Emil Persson, of course. Um, they are they are being able to compete and even beat the Norwegians. So um, I think in the years to come. Uh, Norway has been a bit. Uh, we are taking five, ten first spots, but now that that has changed, so I think uh, we are going to see Sweden in, also in the men on the men's side is going to be really strong. You're right. The new generation is definitely coming up, and 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 when uh, thinking about or talking about Swedish skiers who have their background in a traditional skiing, of course, Jörgen Brink, uh, three-time Vasaloppet <laughs> winner, uh, used to be, you know. Or used to do world championships and, and, and Olympics and so forth. Uh, but, 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 um, you, but you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's uh, you guys maybe have a little bit of a, a longer history there in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, those big names stepping mm-hmm. into this area, arena. Uh, and, which... and also, 
And also, I, I have a, about the the, the uh, traditional recreational skiers. That a big difference between Norway and, and Sweden and also Finland, I think, is that when Norway, the 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 terrain in Norway is much more uh, up and down, um, and and when when uh, people are going out skiing, they are skiing in in uh, more ups and downs, and and it's also a culture here to more. Uh, like a culture that everyone is going outside skiing, uh, so it's it's a bit of a difference the way the races are skied and and what people are focusing on in Norway con- uh, compared to Sweden, where it's often more it's Vasaloppe they are training for the races they are doing to come to Vasaloppe is is also flat and uh, much of the same in Finland, but it's, but in Norway you are. You're going each Sunday to some cabin in the in the forest, and it's a lot of up and down, and you uh, a lot of people. You are uh, it's 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 like an an from my personal perspective, being in both countries, it's a lot. It's a, it's another atmosphere when skiing in Norway. Not 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 better in in uh, <laughs> just by that, but it's it's an it's another atmosphere, and that is something some some difference between the countries. Speaking of that atmosphere and the his, his, history and the culture, you guys have a Birken, a Birkebeiner in it, but does it have the same clout as Vasaloppe? Because I know in Sweden, it's like, it is a dream for pretty much every Swede, correct me, Elin, if I'm wrong, to, to do it at least once. But does the Birken ha- have like a, kind of the same pull? Yeah, no, not the same. Like I talked with uh, with uh, some uh, Swedes about Vasaloppen, and in some sense, like Vasaloppen is bigger than cross country skiing. Like the the brand Vasaloppen is, is it has grown so much and become so big that it's it's a, it's a bigger enterprise than and and the whole of cross country skiing. Uh, in Norway, that is not the case. Uh, Birken is really, really. It's a strong, um, strong, big competition, and it's it's uh, it attracts the best skiers and everything, everything like that. But but uh, skiing in Norway is so much more. You have like 20 races every every Saturday and Sunday each uh, in the in the winter uh, season each uh, weekend. So it's so many small races everywhere around uh, the country and um, the Birken doesn't play as big as a part as Vasaloppe does in Sweden for for uh, for the skiing but um, but uh, that said Birken is a, is a big and, and great uh, uh, ski race so Elin why is Vasaloppe on a league of its own oh I don't know as every everyone know what Vasaloppe is and uh, uh, even if you're not uh, that interested in skiing, you know Vasaloppet. So when we do traditional skiing, uh, people ask, but what do you ski, uh, what time do you have in Vasaloppet? <laughs> it's the everyone know what Vasaloppet is. It is quite amazing, I think, you know, that I, I, I've been told that it is the third biggest brand in your country after Coca-Cola and Ikea. So it is indeed something to be amazed about. Uh, but Terhi, unfortunately, Finland isn't really the same uh, compared to Sweden and Norway. We have Finland, we have lots of uh, long distance uh, ski races and Ulleslevi is, of course, uh, the, the final race of the season in Visma Ski Classics. But... 
Finland, what's going on in our country in terms of long distance skiing or the way you see it? Yeah, well, the specialization to long distance skiing is not so like far compared to other Scandinavian countries. So I think the focus and kind of the orientation of of cross-country skiing is still towards this um, normal distance normal distances and kind of a, we have the traditions there but I think as for example the overall interest in cross-country skiing has been raising again I think like recreational skiers are skiing more there there has been a couple of good winters and also I think this like COVID situation has like the outdoors and outdoor sports has gained more uh, from this situation than, than maybe during the normal times. But still, like, when we think of, of elite and where the cross-country skiing is, is focusing on, there are not too many themes yet, uh, not too many individuals either. I think we have, for example, Ari Luusua, who is, who is really a strong guy out there, but... Uh, he has been maybe showing the path and uh, is a bit of a lone lone wolf and has has learned things a lot and kind of gained the knowledge on the way. Uh, I don't think there are not so many training groups and, and coaches either that are really like specialized in long distance skiing, but it's like growing and people are learning and they're interested in learning and there's really an interest in double polling, for example, among the recreational skiers. So, so I think there is some, some like something going on, and there is a place for these sports to grow much bigger than it is. And of course, that's something we will talk about. And you just mentioned Ari Lusua. It took him years to move from traditional skiing to this this side of things. And now he's the, pretty much the only pro that we have in Bisma Ski Classics. Hopefully the scene will change uh, eventually. Then to all of you about the training. Now we talked about the kind of the cultural differences, Vasa Lopet Birken, we have Finland Hito. Uh, but now the training. Do you guys, Irvin, Elin, since you've been in the same team and Irvin, you've seen how Team Rakte, uh, how those guys train compared to Lager, any any sort of differences in, in uh, kind of the nationalities when it comes to uh, training? Maybe Irvin, uh, you start... Yeah, uh, I haven't uh, noticed any big uh, changes. Maybe it was in earlier. Uh, I don't know if it's right, but when I got into the circus and maybe some years before that, I think Anders Jørgen in uh, in and the t and the guys around them in Norway and also maybe Jon Christian Dahl and Johan Sjölstad and Team United Bakeries then now Team Kulteng. They had taken the training to another level, uh, which maybe the the Swedes was not uh, catching or was not aware of. Uh, but that that gap uh, has been filled now, and now there are I don't think there are any big big um, uh, change uh, differences, and you see that on on Stian Holgård, Torgesul Hovland. Um, mm, Morten Eide-Pedersen, 
uh, me was is competing for uh, was competing for uh, Swedish uh, teams, Norwegians uh, competing for Swedish teams. So I don't think uh, that is a sign of quality, and that the Norwegians are no no longer uh, afraid of for uh, to, of going to Swedish teams. Uh, and from my experience, I think that the hardest training I've done ever was on Lager One Five Seven. They they in general they their camps training camps were a bit harder than than the camps on uh, Lager now on Team Ragda. That's interesting when you say that. Can you elaborate then on a little bit? You mean like in individual training sessions or as a kind of the overall training yeah. camp workload? Yeah, both, both. But uh, you, you have the famous uh, Vasa Passet in uh, Lager 157. That is the one single uh, session that is that is, which I've done, which I've been the hardest. Like we are doing more or less four hours of interval trainings in different and <laughs> different. Uh, categories it's intervals it's distance it's uh, but the 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 general team it theme is that it is extremely hard so uh, that is that is the hardest session i've done but uh, and also the, the the workload in total on the on the camps is uh, is really really hard so uh, you have to come uh, fresh and you are living really battered so that is uh, uh, that is harder than any, but maybe Team Kurira or Team Rabun has it different. But but uh, compared to Lager One Five Seven, uh, Lager One Five Seven is in the training camps training harder. So are you saying that you guys didn't have that Vasalo Pass uh, training uh, when you were in uh, Team Ragde? Yeah, you yeah yes we we did we did and it, they they looked but they looked looked a little bit different. We had four hours of interval session. We had maybe. Uh, two and a half, three hours of long, steady, slow pace, and then we had one hour of hard at the end. Uh, and we and we could also do some sessions where we did three hours in moderate and even hard pace, uh, <laughs> steadily uh, building the pace uh, throughout the session, and maybe going all out also on the in the end, but. Um, but uh, in they were not that planned, planned, and it didn't ha- happen that often. But on Lager One Five Seven, you had maybe <laughs> you had a hard session almost every day, and and it was more more uh, uh, the the hard sessions were put in put in the system, and uh, and um, uh, yeah, were more uh, more uh, planned ahead than in uh, Team Ragda. Anders and Jürgen, they enjoy to go on feeling to, to maybe, ah, I, I, today I feel good, we go hard. And if I'm tired, I don't go so hard. But uh, a little bit more like that. Uh, but Slug 157, it was hard, and <laughs> no matter what. So, Elin, since you were in, in the same team, so I uh, assume it was that, that structured, as Evin just uh, described. But as an athlete yourself, uh, those tra- training camps, uh, there must have been quite hard <laughs> yeah it was uh, really hard <laughs> but uh, I haven't been in another team so I can't compare the difference uh, to another team but uh, yeah we trained really hard on our camps in Lager 157 and also the training camps were not that long as we have camps for about five days and then you can train really hard 
and then go home and rest. Uh, you can't do that uh, type of training uh, all, all, all the weeks. <laughs> Indeed, that's very much like the block training that uh, our previous, not previous, but our, our guest Matthias Reck, Team Ramudens coach, and also uh, the cycling coach, <laughs> coach in uh, Trek, uh, Team Trek Segafredo. He was talking about that kind of the tough training sessions back to back, then rest and another block. And that's kind of what the uh, cyclist uh, road bikers do uh, in, in, in that particular uh, world. But uh, Terhi, when you listen to Irvin and Erlin, uh, knowing that they were in, in in the same team, and then kind of thinking about your training or your team or teams that you've been in, uh, training methods sound familiar, or did you train differently? Well, at least for me, it sounds um, like maybe the like, training with the team is like it's more concentrating in the training with the team and and having having the kind of a hard program during the camps and kind of a, that's the that's the meal and I think kind of that I might be wrong but in Finland we maybe think more like us as an individual so it goes more like the individual training is the first thing and maybe when we also go to the training camps we uh, kind of a, make the programming to suit for for your like individual needs and maybe we should like have also this kind of a big group trainings and then then just be exhausted and train train as planned and kind of um i don't know it's just my feelings i kind of a personally because i'm i'm um, working at the same time i usually kind of a really uh rough training weeks um, are something that I enjoy a lot but it takes quite a long time to recover at the same time so when you're working the next week it, it, you have to be a bit more careful of of how much load you actually can take in so that you're actually able to recover it from from it in, in a decent uh, time so you have to be maybe more careful and not to like force too much training even though you think like you can do it but but what's what's the kind of the balance so i think kind of that was common from from my own training compared to this and also the kind of feeling i have about the overall picture of how how the programming is maybe done in in finland and I think that comes from from kind of the background that we are maybe more still more focused to to the normal distances and now traditionals come from that. So Irvin and Elin, would you agree with Terhe that the team spirit working together is a key thing in long long distance skiing? Working as a team. Yeah, yeah, for me for me, uh, Elin, it's it's uh, like you uh, you are suffering quite a bit, and and the sessions is really hard. And I I I'm when I'm home alone, and and I have not even tried to do <laughs> to cook to copy those those sessions because doing it with someone it's is different difficult to describe the feeling, but you get some sense of they 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 are obviously they are not able to to ski for you, uh, but. 
to have someone to maybe to mix with who is going in front and to to have somebody you know that are feeling the pain the same way you are feeling the pain and to have a group of pre- people uh, working together uh, trying to achieve a goal it's like in the in the in an ordinary job or uh, at any company that uh, it's no it's not by uh, chance that we are working in groups because often the the common common uh, common goal or the common if you put together the 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 strength of every person you you are getting more than than uh, one plus one is three if you understand what I mean. So, and it's a bit of the same feeling when, when doing uh, long distance skiing and, and the hard sessions. When you have somebody besides you, you are you are able to push a little bit harder. The pain is a little bit less. The 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 and and everything is going a little bit smoother. So so I think team. If it's like it's not in football that you are playing together, but you are you are making each other. You are making it easier for for each other. So then, yeah, so then, when you train that hard day after day, then it's easier to have uh, your friends with you, your teammates. Indeed, you get that support, you know, you're from the team. Uh, the mentality, the mental side of things, uh, would you guys say, uh, is there a difference between the Swedish and Norwegian mentality when it comes to uh, cross-country skiing, or is it kind of the same? Which is also interesting when you guys are doing the podcast, uh, kind of these differences i i think they are they are pretty much the same uh i think to get any you, you are you are going the same competitions and and from but and then you are like last season emil passion won and you have had uh, several swedish so sarkardin was up there and you had uh Ermil and, and norway was, was not so well represented so uh, like saying that anything is better than the other is is um, and that was not the question either. But maybe earlier there, there has been some <laughs> uh, some some thoughts that Norwegian were so wow they were superior and everything was so. But that is not the case and and I don't I don't have the feeling that is any any big differences in mentality. There we are training good and. And in the age of with um, with the social media and and uh, f- and um, uh, the news flow and then the information flow is so so good and so everyone is is uh, is um, more or less sitting on the same information and are being driven by the best. They see what the best are doing and they follow, and that is making the training more the same all, all over the place because. Uh, in for, for 30 20 30 40 years ago everyone was uh, was asking their trainer in their local club and and um, they were uh, much easier to keep uh, keep things secret for for longer time to if you had some edge you you could keep it but uh, that time is over and i think that is that has been uh, uh, that has been made made the skiers uh, better and at the same time, seem more similar, more more equal. And then, Terhi, what about the Finnish mentality? I know that there is definitely a difference between the Swedish and, and the Norwegian one compared to the Finnish, Finnish mentality, particularly uh, from the long-distance skiing perspective. 
Well, what I personally think is just that the people that are already there, like the pro uh, long distance skiers, they are there to to show their best and to show that we can do it too. The traditions are not maybe that that deep, and the kind of a they're not so wide range of skiers, but uh, they really want to show that yes, we Finns can do it too, and show for the Finnish people as well that yes, this is a real sports, and uh, uh, you need to concentrate on this to be able to to um, succeed. And uh, I think they are there with the full spirit, but um, I think there are some young skiers out there that would be interested in the sports as well. And maybe they um, should be encouraged a bit. And uh, they're maybe thinking that do we have guts to go for this long distance skiing or, or does it do harm for the normal distances and maybe wondering is this for me or or not so i would really want to have some some kind of a concepts in finland so that it could be maybe easier ways to jump in and uh try try this path as well so since we are now in the eve of the new season the summer uh, roller skiing season is pretty much over the cloud of Lopez is just behind us so when you guys Look into the the new season, the new winter. Of course, we've been facing hard times. You know, the last season wasn't exactly uh, what we all hoped for, but we were able to uh, carry through. But all of you guys, what are you expecting? And this is probably something that uh, we all will talk about uh, throughout the year. Uh, the this new season. Even let's start with you. What kind of a season? First of all, are you hoping to see, and uh, then. What are you expecting after the kind of these challenges that we have now overcome? Mm. Yeah, I I, uh, I hope to see uh, a full season, everyone happy, everyone the virus is no uh, nowhere to be seen, and to get uh, good competitions, exciting competitions, a lot of aggressive skiing, uh, making a good. Uh, uh, TV product and a lot of excitement for uh, for us sitting at home. Uh, I and the last part I also think we will see, but the first part I I feel I must admit that I feel that we will have some corona issues this winter also. At least uh, we must uh, be uh, prepared and expect that there will be some changes, there will be some alterations. Probably hopefully not for everyone but maybe for the recreational skiers maybe for the distances maybe for the places uh, i feel that uh, we must maybe went wait another winter to get everything sorted out 100 percent. but uh, of course i don't think we will see anything like uh, last year so um yeah that is my my hope and my my thoughts and then you ellen new season uh, I agree with uh, Irving about the corona situation. I hope uh, that's not going to be a problem. Uh, and then we have uh, many uh, events this season. That will be fun. Some new uh, events. Uh, and then I hope for man- many uh, hard fights 
in the track. I just, uh, yeah, I want to see different winners and uh, maybe some uh, new uh, skier who has take a step and are fighting about the podiums. And yeah, I hope it will be a great season. And for you, Terhi, it'll be a little bit different because you are still racing. Yeah, well, but I'm also like, of course, uh, looking forward to to a great great season. I will be not uh, participating all the races, so at some events I will be sitting on the sofa and, and taking part in the uh, spectator view. But still, like, it will be re- would be really fun to see a full season. There are a lot of races. Um, as Owen said, we should be prepared to some some changes, but but let's see. Let's hope we can have a full one. And uh, there are some new places that will be really interesting and new distances as well. And um, yeah, I would be really really happy to see us skiing in Ullaslevi again because uh, we haven't been in in Finland now for a while. So I really hope we are able to get there and. Uh, have a nice nice uh last event and of course Tartu as a new new destination again it has been there but but i would really want us to be there and uh yeah what comes to the results i would like to see i would love to see new teams around and of course new individuals to show up as well so the more diverse the the field is the more better it is and also this coming winter is the year when we have the Olympics once again. And of course, that will be something that we all will talk about on our podcasts. Öyvin Elin Terhi, how do you think that the Olympics will play into the podcast shows or the, the episodes? Well, of course, if there is something that stands out and, and everyone is talking about, we can't miss that. And of course, I think like people getting ready for Olympics. There are people that are kind of a part of pro teams, maybe after the Olympics. So I think it's really interesting to see from from the ski classics perspective how they're doing Olympics and if they're coming coming to race some long distance races after the Olympics and how they will like manage it. I think Olympics are like demanding uh, both like physically and mentally. So if you are able to build build your like um, um, your form again and uh, yeah, lots to talk about I think. So, Ibinail, how how are you guys going to cover the Olympics next winter? Oh, it's it's impossible not to talk about the Olympics. It's the biggest uh, biggest thing in uh, in sports. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect to see some uh, good uh, athletes and some good um, uh, achievements, and of course, we will talk about them. And Elin, is there something you want to say about the Olympics? Yeah, of course, it's going to be a hot topic to discuss. I will not ask about your predictions uh, for the winners at the Olympics, but I am going to do that uh, for Visma Ski Classics. So now, based on all what you guys said, uh, who do you think are going to be the champions 
come the winter at 2022. And we have uh, new players as well. We have uh, Sunbu, Martin Jonsson Sunbu back, not back, but you know, doing long distance skiing. Martin uh, uh, Marit Björgen, of course, is back, we can say. She did, only did Vassal up last winter, but now she will do more races, uh, but maybe n- not enough to, to win the overall. Uh, even Pe- uh, Peter Nortuk is back, but maybe not at that level that he'll be fighting for the champion. Who are your favorites for the champion title, both in men and women? So let's start with you, Evin. Uh, I think that we'll see um, two, two times in a row for Emil Persson. Uh, but that is, he's going to have his hands full. Uh, Andreas Nygård, uh, Martin Jonsrud Sundby, uh, yes, Oscar Cardin, Ermil, whoever he is doing every race, so, uh, and a lot of other guys. So he's, he's in for a hard winter if he's going to repeat that win, but I think he will. He's, uh, he's really strong. Max Novak, <laughs> I, I forgot. Um, and on, uh, in the, on the women's side, I think that Astrid Schlin is going to t- take his first, uh, her first uh, yellow shirt. Good, good names. You, Elin? Yeah, Eivind said the same as I think about in the men's. I think Emil is going to defend the yellow babe. And in the women, I think... Um, Oh, that's hard. Maybe Lina defended too, but uh, maybe Marit. Good names. Then uh, Terhi. Yeah, well, quite the same names that I will be following. And uh, it will be like super um, exciting to see the, perform- the performances of, of Sundbu and Marit Björgen. But on the women's side, I think uh, the ladies of the team Ramutten, they were like really strong uh, throughout the season. So I think they will be performing well uh, during the upcoming season as well. So I think Lena will be really strong and I'm like also looking forward uh, Astrid to give a good um, competition. But yeah. As a finish, I of course need to like raise my thumbs. So I keep my thumbs up for the finish ones. So I will be really, really super happy to see, see for example, Ari uh, to fight for for the bibs and for, for, uh, for the victory sure. finally. Yeah. And two uh, interesting names. Uh, you actually uh, mentioned uh, Max Novak. He's been really strong uh, uh, throughout the roller ski season. And Hanna Falk could be also an interesting name. It's always nice to speculate. And I think we will be speculating quite a lot, you know, when we do the, our podcast series, you know, about the winners and, and uh, dark horses and so forth. But as a last thing uh, for each one of you, now you get to pitch uh, your your podcast show, your series, Hitchnack. Um, and I said, he knit to your audience, Eivin and Elin, and Terhi, Hihtoviko. What would you like to say? What's your pitch? Let's start with you, Elin, now. How, how, do you, how do you attract the audience to listen to you guys? Uh, I think uh, the audience will have a good time with me and Eivin, and we're going to talk about 
everything in the cross country. So if you're interesting in in cross country, listen and be with us. And you, Evin, how would you yeah, continue I, from yes. that? Yeah, I would say if you enjoy cross country skiing, you you will not be disappointed. And Terry, your pitch. Yeah, like for everyone, come to join the discussion about the cross-country skiing and uh, I I hope you will get motivated and and uh, able to ski faster. Yeah, I think we all will have really a good time uh, talking to each other. I think uh, both of these uh, podcast series will be uh, really great and I'm personally really excited to to hear all the Yuhamieto stories, you know, from the good old times. So, indeed, those will be uh, starting up next week on Wednesday uh, in Sweden and Norway, of course. Hit nyt me elin o öbend and teemu terhi hiihtoviikko in Finnish. So, uh, stay tuned for those uh, in your respective countries. I thank you guys very much for being, uh, being part of this, Ervin, Erin and Terhi. It was good to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And you audience out there, once again, thank you for listening to Usha Tulevi. And as always, remember, there's more to come. For now, I say goodbye and see you guys soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.